1: Across
2: the Gulf South It's 7am
0: Time to wake up On and Community Media
1: Good morning, you're listening to Wake Up On this beautiful Monday morning You are tuning your heart to the truth with us today I'm Gabby Smith along with Damian Clotto and David Dawson Hey guys, happy Monday Hello, hello
3: Hey, Hi. how are you? And it's very nice out there. You, you like tonight? I just am amazed every time I walk out the door, the oven heat doesn't hit me in the morning anymore. Well, you know? there you mm-hmm. go. Good job, Damien. Well,
4: I have nothing to do with it. <laughs> but thank you, Jesus, for sure. <laughs> yes, indeed. All right. Well, you know, today is the feast day of uh, St. Joseph of Cupertino. Hmm? So, yeah, how that's about a prayer? One of my favorites. Okay, well, good. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. O oh, great Saint Joseph of Cupertino, who by your prayers obtained from God to be asked at your examination only the propositions which you know, pray that I, like you, may succeed in the examination which lies before me. In return, I promise to make your name known and cause you to be loved. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. St. Joe, pray for us.
3: Indeed.
1: Pray for us. We will learn more more about our Saint of the Day later on in today's show. But if you have a... If you are a student, or you have a very hard test coming up, a very challenging test, then pray to Saint Joseph of Cupertino to guide you through that test and remember everything that you have studied, and <laughs> for a good grade. You guys, Saint Ka- uh, Ka- Christ the King in Baton Rouge always put Saint Joseph of Cupertino prayer cards in our midterm bag. Oh, really? Uh, whenever we would go over there, and uh, just place them on your desk, and maybe we wow. will help you. So, yeah. what a
3: great yeah, idea! He's a good
1: saint to pray to. We have some, him.
3: Mm-hmm. You know, the story behind him is yes. he prayed that the his his teacher would ask him only the questions that he knew. And the <laughs> prayers were answered. <laughs> so there you go.
1: <laughs> oh man. Well, we have some events in our listening area. We will give you details about that is coming up at 10 after and you can find all of these events at our website at ccmedia.live. In 18 minutes Sister Mary Josepha joins us. She is a sister of the Eucharist and today she's talking about the book The Life of Sister Mary Wilhelmina. So we will learn more about this saint who has actually been in the news recently. We'll give you details about it. In 35 minutes, Alan Migliarato joins us. He is the co-author of Failing Forward, Leadership Lessons for Catholic Teens Today. And every Monday, he joins us to give us tips on raising Catholic teens in today's world. And in 48 minutes, Elizabeth Pham joins us. She is a Catholic author and she's talking about her new children's book, The World Waits. So we're looking forward to these great guests and their topics. And Damien, looking forward to your weather report today. What do well, you have Well,
4: it's gonna be a dry week to say the least may get one day maybe thursday a slight chance of rain other than that it's going to be dry as we wrap up the final week of summer because fall begins on saturday for those who are curious uh we'll see plenty of sunshine low humidity that's why it feels so good when you wake up and walk out the door right now today and it'll be that way pretty much the rest of the week highs are going to be in the low 90s and the lows great evening temperatures going to be in the upper 60s that's what it's going to feel like when you walk out the door in the morning nice. uh, dave will do that he, yep. he gets all excited I and do. makes his morning <laughs> yep so uh, we're happy for that as well no <laughs> rain in the forecast for the next few days as i said temperatures in and around the area oddly enough new orleans the only one reporting temperatures in the 70s they're at 76 elsewhere home at, at 69 gulfport 68 over in covington 64 degrees, and in Baton Rouge it's 66. It's Monday. It's also five after the hour, so get up, get going. Wake up's getting there for you.
5: Good morning. Today's gospel comes to us from Luke chapter 7. When Jesus had finished all his works to the people, he entered Capernaum. A centurion there had a slave who was ill and about to die, and he was valuable to him. When he heard about Jesus, he sent elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and save the life of his slave. They approached Jesus and strongly urged him to come, saying, He deserves to have you do this for him, for he loves our nation and he built the synagogue for us. And Jesus went with them. But when he was only a short distance from the house, the centurion sent friends to tell him, Lord, do not trouble yourself. For I am not worthy to have you enter under my roof. Therefore I did not consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word, and let my servant be healed. For I too am a person subject to authority, with soldiers subject to me. And I say to one, Go, and he goes. And to another, Come here, and he comes. And to my slave, Do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him. And turning, said to the crowd following him, I tell you, not even in Israel have I found such faith. When the messengers returned to the house... They found the slave in good health. We've heard the gospel, and now we reflect. Jesus had returned to Capernaum,
2: a border town with a custom post that probably also had a military garrison under the command of a centurion. This Gentile slave, whom he holds in high regard, is so ill that he's about to die. The village elders come to Jesus to intercede on the centurion's behalf. They present two reasons why he is worthy of Jesus' help. One, he loves the Jewish nation, and two, he built the Jewish synagogue. Subsequently, St. Luke will introduce another centurion in Acts, Cornelius, who is respected by the whole Jewish nation. These two pagan centurions form examples of the marvelous unfolding of Of God's universal plan of salvation. Now, as Jesus approaches, the centurion's envoys inform Jesus that the centurion is aware that he is not fit to have Jesus enter his house, adding that he does not even consider himself worthy to approach Jesus in person. This is a remarkable declaration from a Roman centurion. However, He is a man who also understands authority, and therefore he believes that his servant can be healed by Jesus' word alone. Jesus responds in two ways. First, he heals the centurion's servant from a distance. Secondly, Jesus praises the centurion's faith as greater than anything he has seen in Israel. But in what sense? It seems that the centurion's faith goes beyond his belief in Jesus's healing power. So, we may find the answer in the emphasis on authority. It appears that this pagan centurion possesses the humility and the openness to accept Jesus as possessing divine authority in his own name, which is remarkable to say the least. Here we discover an important lesson. The depth of one's faith is not based on religious background or education, but a person's humble receptiveness to grace. This perhaps is also the lesson of paraphrasing the centurion's words before we receive Holy Communion. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. Do we believe in Jesus' real presence in the Eucharist with a faith equal to the centurion? Have a wonderful day. This is Jimmy Sagers. Thank you, Jimmy.
4: It's 11 after the hour. It's Monday morning, uh, September 18th, and glad you could join us. Here are some events you may want to partake in uh, as they approach mark your calendars for this sunday which is september 24th it's going to be family fun day at st dominic catholic church if you live in and around the area you may want to attend it should be a great day celebrating families during the 10:30 a.m liturgy followed by a barbecue lunch in the dining hall and uh, there'll be family activities as well in the schoolyard plus there's a bingo going to take place in the gym and if you're worried about the Saints game and missing it, don't. You can attend the event because they're going to have the Saints game live and televised on the big screen as well. So nice. everyone can partake. Uh, St. <laughs> Dominic, if you uh, are going to the barbecue dinner, they do ask that you bring a dessert and a two-liter uh, soft drink for the event. And if you'd like more information, you can go to our website ccmedia.live by the way drop off the dessert and the soft drinks sunday morning between
3: 8 and 11 30 a.m that sounds like fun it
2: will
4: that's why they call the it
5: Saints. a fun day yeah, yeah
3: bingo that sounds great <laughs> uh retreats at saint cecilia Motherhouse for single women ages 17 to 30 Uh, Any young woman who may be called to be uh, to the consecrated life, see uh, the various retreats offered by the Dominican nuns in Nashville, Tennessee. The come and see retreat is September 22nd through the 24th, and uh, vocations retreats uh, November 9th through 12th, January 11th through the 14th, and March 7th through 10th. It's at the Jesu Caritas Retreat Family uh, retreat. Feb- uh, anyway, the other location is at Yezu Caritas Retreat, February twenty fifth, twenty third through the twenty fifth. Boy, I hope y'all got all that right. You know oh, what, man? They better go to the website. <laughs> I'm so confused right now. It's on right our now. website. Go to ccmedia.live and just forgive me. How about that? Okay.
4: That was easy for you I'm to say. I'm so
3: confused.
1: <laughs> that is okay. It's Monday. Well. <laughs> here's another event for you are you widowed separated divorced well here's an event that will listen to you accompany you and heal you as well it's one weekend all the difference join for the beginning experience weekend retreat october 13th through the 15th at the cynical on the lake in metairie the beginning experience weekend transforms lives and has helped thousands navigate the road through grief you can go to ccmedia.live for more information about this program
4: All right, all you golfers, pay attention. The St. Jude Catholic Church Golf Classic is going to be held a week from today over at Santa Maria Golf Course in Baton Rouge. $600 for a foursome. All proceeds benefit the St. Jude's cougar athletic program and another golf tournament taking place this one in november saint anselm's classic is going to be at boshan's country club in mandeville this will be a four-person scramble with an 11 a.m shotgun start 125 bucks per player and includes green fees lunch drinks and dinner if you want information on either one of those golf tournaments go to ccmedia.live and we'll have the info for you there it's 15 after the hour. Stick around, we've got more coming up on Wake Up.
6: This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for September 18th. Today we celebrate Saint Joseph of Cupertino. He has been called the Flying Friar, but the fact that Joseph of Cupertino could levitate or float in the air during prayer wasn't the most remarkable thing about him. The depth of his holiness was. He entered the conventual Franciscans, and though challenged by his studies, he persisted and was ordained in 1628. Joseph's tendencies to levitate during prayer became something of a cross. Some people came to observe him much as they might go to a circus sideshow, but Joseph's unusual gift led him to be humble, patient, and obedient, though at times he was greatly tempted and felt forsaken by God. His fellow Franciscans transferred Joseph several times for his own good and for the good of the rest of the community. He spent some years in out-of-the-way friaries. Reported to and investigated by the Inquisition, eventually he was exonerated. Immediately after his death in 1663, miracles were reported at his tomb. Joseph of Cupertino was canonized 100 years later. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day.
3: Eighteen past the hour, you are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm David Dawson along with dancing Damian Collada over here and, <laughs> and Gabby <laughs> Smith. Oh. And right now, we have Sister Mary Josepha of the Eucharist, and we're going to talk about the book called The Life of, uh, Saint, <laughs> soon to be, I bet, The Life of Sister Mary Wilhelmina. Good morning, Sister.
7: Good morning. Thank you for calling.
3: Oh, it's, no, it, it, it's our pleasure. And it's, this is a delightful book. I, I, I read it over the weekend, and, uh, you know what I found interesting, the author, <laughs> the author is the Benedictines of Mary Queen of the Apostles. So, really, uh, I guess a lot of y'all were involved in in the writing of this book.
7: Yes, there were a few of us. I did the the draft for the complete book, uh-huh. and then Mother Abbess and another sister reread it and uh, adjusted things as needed.
3: <laughs> yes, yes. You know, before we get into, I mean, there, there, there's there's just something that's very obvious to everybody because it's been in the news about the Mm -hmm. incorrupt body uh she died four years ago and uh and and in moving the body that y'all were going to move it to the chapel that you found that it was totally incorrupt and we're going to get into that in a a little bit because honestly the book doesn't even cover that uh the book just talks about the life of this beautiful lady huh
7: Yes, we actually composed the book shortly after she passed away four years ago. Oh, okay. And and so that was prepared, and uh, actually we did a home publishing for it. But um, when we did find her body so remarkably preserved four years ago, Jen graciously agreed to republish it. Um, wow! We, as you pointed out, it doesn't have the story about finding her body. No. just because it's been written before that. <laughs> right,
3: right. But, but, but it's a wonderful book, and I think, uh, um, Sister, I, what, where I was taken aback is her simplicity of faith. Uh, talk about that. Mm-hmm.
7: Yes, I think that was her. Really, her salient virtue was her faith. She mm-hmm. really took God at His word, and she saw Him at every moment in the day his providence guiding her and providing for her. So if you ever asked Sister Wilhelmina, what do you want to do right now? And as a young sister, I was in charge of helping her through her daily activities, so I'd often ask her, sister, what do you want to do right now? She'd say, what does God want me to do right now? (laughs) I want to do what God wants Mm. me to do. Wow! (laughs) And so she saw the whole day in that light. Um, And, you know, if if she read something, some passage from the Bible or some uh, revelation from a mystic, she always took that in a very simple spirit of faith. This is what God wants, and so I want to cooperate with it.
3: Right, right. I also also noticed as I was reading that she was a source of peace for all of y'all, uh, at, 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 you know, where you were, because uh, mm. if there was ever conflict or if there, somebody was ever upset and everything, they, they always went to her and she always had a very simple, well, she was a source of peace, right?
7: Yes. And sometimes it was in a wordless way, you know, when young sisters go through uh, doubts about their vocation or struggles in various ways, or when our community was very young and going through it on a sort of collective level, you know, doubts about our vocation or struggles as we get used to it, we would just look at her and she wouldn't even have to say anything. We would just see the simplicity the wholehearted, loving way that she did the simple duties of our community life, you know, whether it was just ironing the laundry or attending the daily office, she did it so wholeheartedly and so simply, it gave us confidence. We thought, yes, we can persevere in this way of life, too. Look how beautifully she's lived the religious life for so many decades.
3: Mm, my, my, my favorite and every part... Now and then, oh, you know... Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry.
7: Oh, you know, every now and then, you know, we would go to her for a word, and she would always give it, you know, it was very simple... Uh, don't hold back from God's love.
3: <laughs> you know, I, and, and what, what I liked also about the book or learning about her, she loved little poems all over the place, right? She loved to yes. write little poems. And, and mm-hmm. one of them here, I just, I just think it's awesome that um, um, it was in her early days. Anyway, just, just talking about the way of life. And she wrote, love is the law, the, lo- the law supreme, your inner principle of life. Christ is your spouse. You are his wife, the inner life must be the soul of all our outward self-control." That is beautiful. That is beautiful. Oh. All the all the little things that she, that and- Well, and, Sister
1: Josefa, I have a question if you don't mind, David. Yeah. Um, but the one cool thing that, of many, of Sister Wilhelmina was she was the foundress of yep. the Benedictine Sisters of Mary, Queen of the Apostles in 1995. What was her inspiration behind founding this order and seeing where it is today? Yes. So she had been a very faithful member of her original religious community for
7: over 50 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was well into her, well, she was a past 70 when she came to found our community. The impetus for that had been um, the experimentation in the 60s and 70s that affected women's religious communities had really. Um, Affected her own religious family to the point where they weren't wearing a religious habit anymore. Mm-hmm. They weren't observing many of the traditions like the in the cloister, community prayer. And since only really recognized how vital these things were for religious life. a decade to reform, um, to start a branch of the community that would be more traditional, that would wear the habit and things like that. Um, but she found after, you know, 20 or more years of struggles that this wasn't going to happen. It was mm-hmm. actually easier to, reform, to refound rather than reform. Wow. And so she, in a leap of faith, she left her community, you know, over the age of 70, over 50 years in religious life <laughs>
1: um,
7: to start our community. But she did it with great simplicity. She just wanted to start a community that would be faithful to the traditional observances of religious life. And she, wow. she took counsel with some priest friends, and uh, the community that she started was um, very simple in its beginning. We didn't have huge um, aspirations. It was just to be uh, a community of women gathered around Our Lady to pray and sacrifice to the priests. Mm-hmm. And she governed the community for the first year um, and set many things in place. It's been a character. Um, of course, it's traditional observance and things like that. And then she passed the superiorship to another younger sister, but she remained a very vital presence within the community. As I right. said, she was a source of inspiration for us younger sisters and just her faithful living out of the life was of a- source of stability for us in and, the
3: early years and the community is not that old right it was founded in 95 1995
7: 95 yeah i mean that, yeah. that's
3: relatively young and new and and you know i'm always going to go back to this because this is some of my favorite music that i play all the time all year long <laughs> is 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 your beautiful uh cds that you guys sell uh and 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 music that you have online and it is uh always uh uh, let's see, it was Advent at Ephesus, left, Lent at Ephesus, um, Adoration at Ephesus. Just some of the most beautiful music that we play on our radio station quite often, as a matter of fact, sister. Uh, are you one of the singers? Oh, thank you. <laughs>
7: yes, and in one of the CDs, um, I think <laughs> Caroling at Ephesus that has um, Oh Come All Ye Faithful, you can hear Sister Wilhelmina singing.
3: Oh, no kidding. Okay. That's great. Yes. That would, all right. She,
7: she, oh. was so, oh, cool. she was so elderly at that point. She wasn't there for all of the recording sessions because they're quite demanding. Right. Um, but for the "O oh, Come All Ye Faithful" on our caroling CD, uh, she, you can hear her in the in the chorus. There, it's very beautiful.
3: There's also a beautiful uh, story of her passing. In, uh, you know, in, in the book and talking about the sisters around her singing i can only imagine uh going to heaven uh, being serenaded like that it's just just beautiful just beautiful yeah damien
4: sister i have a question are people still um, coming to your your convent or area uh to uh see uh sister wilhelmina's body yeah. uh and, and i know it's in in, in, case, glass. in a glass yeah. now but share with us a little bit about what people are experiencing in today's day and age
7: Yes, uh, so they, the visitors continue to come, maybe a hundred to two hundred every day. Wow! Uh, it's not as intense as it was back in May when we there were. One day, I think there were four thousand in one day.
2: Mm-hmm.
7: Oh my but gosh! But it's, it's a beautiful yeah. thing, yes, to see the outpouring of faith. I think that this uh, grace for our community has also overflowed for the other people to see um, that God precious in the eyes of the Lord is the death of his faithful ones, right? And mm-hmm. our, our Lord rewards the faithful hidden life of a, a very small soul. Like and, and this is a sign of hope for us today. Yes. There's so many people who are in God mm-hmm. or in life after death. And here's a sign that um, it is real. It's life real. doesn't mm-hmm. end with death, but in a certain sense it begins. And So I think it's it's the boost for everyone's faith and hope at this time, and it certainly is a grace for our community to see um, that the (laughs) the hidden life we live is something that our Lord uh, cherishes and protects and will reward at the end
3: wonderful wonderful sister mary josepha thank you once again for joining us and and i look forward to talking to you again because it's coming to be advent i want to talk about your music some more so um i'd like to sell some of your music here the book is called the life of sister mary wilhelmina by the benedictines of mary queen of the apostles it is available on oh at tan books and I'm, i'm sure bookstores uh around the area sister thank you so much for joining us
7: you're welcome. Thank you again for having
3: me. God bless you. All right. God bless. Yes. Beautiful, the, uh, beautiful stories the, to yeah, hear, too. The, uh, where
4: they're located is Gower, uh, Missouri, mm-hmm. which is uh, – the closest cities near it, it happens to be Kansas City or uh, St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's probably where you'd have to fly into mm-hmm. if uh, if you weren't driving. But you could
3: go see it. A lot of people are going up there. That's right here. Yeah. And, and and they're making yeah. pilgrimages up there so they can see. And it's a sure. sign of hope. There's no doubt yeah. about it. There's a Faithful sign of hope. Faithful and, and the curious. Indeed.
4: You know? Indeed. And that's Which how miracles. Good. I'm that's waiting true. for a couple of miracles to be attributed to that. Yeah.
3: And she'd get into sainthood mm-hmm. quickly. I can see how that can happen. It's uh, heading for the yeah, bottom of the right. hour. When we come back, Damien's going to be talking to Alan Migliarato. Uh, About teams Teams in the workforce Indeed
4: After the hour on this Monday morning, and we hope it's going to be a great week for you to get things started. We have with us now our regular on Monday morning, Big Al Migliorato, co author of Failing Forward Leadership Lessons for Catholic Teens Today. And I thought it would be fun to talk about teenagers in the workforce. Should you force your teen to go to work in the real world? Good morning, Alan. Hey, good morning, guys. Happy to be here as always. Yeah. Well, good. So what do you think about this topic? And uh, tell us what your insight is, since you have teens or uh, wrapping the, the teen side of it up anyway, you deal with teens on a regular basis. Uh, are, are, are teens required or expected to go to work these days, or should they wait till they get out of college and then get into the workforce?
8: I, this, I think it's a great question, first of all. you know, And, and Anytime we ask a question, should teens do whatever? You know, it's, it's so easy to to apply a, like a cookie cutter question and a cookie cutter answer to it. But it's really, I and I, I hate to say it like this, but it really depends on the teen and what's going on in their lives. And mm-hmm. and there's a lot of things that you know. First of all, yes, work ethic is so important, and teaching work ethic is is invaluable today. You know, uh-huh. it's so important for, for our kids to know work ethic. But work ethic mm-hmm. comes about not just from uh, having a job. And here's the reason I'm kind of apprehensive about saying, yes, every every kid should work throughout, throughout high school, right? Because it's when should they work. Uh-huh. I worked from the time I was 14. Like, I always wanted something to do. I always, you know, had something going on. Uh-huh. I, I washed dishes or I cut grass in the neighborhood. I think those things are are great because they teach us you know commitment and discipline absolutely it seems like today a lot of kids have work schedule or school schedules that are so overloaded and it's so competitive trying to get into a college and you know and they're told well you know you got to do a lot of things in high school because you got to make sure that you're well-rounded so the colleges look at you and it becomes this huge struggle for kids to keep up that you know that um that bar and then we add on top of that hey you need a job so what I did with my girls is, i they all wanted a job throughout high school. Right? Well, two out of three did. Uh, and, and it's funny because the two out of three that did want a job throughout high school, I didn't let have a job throughout uh. high school. I, when they got to college, I was like, listen, you guys, listen, you're, you're in high school right now. Concentrate on your work. You're never gonna be able to do this again in your life where you don't have to work. So I want you to enjoy this. I want you to have friends. And you know, if I felt like I was being taken advantage of, that would have been a different story. But um, with my third daughter, I I did feel a little bit like that. Uh, and so when she got the right when she got the college and I should have done it earlier, but I was like, listen, you're going to get a job. And now so she's at, at college, she's 20 and she's got a job at college where uh, we're not giving her money. Like we're not paying for anything outside of outside of school, wow. and so she's got to supply everything for herself: gas and and uh, insurance and phone. Like she's got to pay for everything, okay. and so she's finding. You know, she's found a job, and she's has to work twenty hours a week minimum while she's at college, and then over the summer she's got to work a full time job. It's not a you know not a free lunch. But the reason that I did that with that daughter is because she didn't have the same work ethic. But not that she was lazy she just didn't just didn't understand the work ethic like the other uh-huh. two did and so now the things that she says is, well you know i got to i'm not sure i want to do that it's going to cost too much money or that that's really expensive or you know we go out to dinner obviously i'm paying for dinner and like she'll say well i'm not going to get this because it's too much and That's something that just didn't happen before when she was younger and so i think that that it teaches the value of money when kids do have a job but you've got to be careful not to push somebody over, you know, overload their schedule
2: because,
8: uh-huh. uh, you know, they've got sports and, and all kinds of stuff going on at school, plus trying to keep grades up. So it really has to be on a case by case basis.
2: Well,
4: how old were you when you entered the workforce? You said 14. What was your first job?
8: Well, man, I mean, probably before that, but I remember, like, going around to the neighbor's houses, and some lady wanted a stump removed from her from her yard, and I, like, I worked for, like, 12 hours to get this huge pine tree stump out of her yard with, like, an axe, you know, oh, wow. and, like, wow. cutting down, I had <laughs> ant bites all over me, and... And, uh, oh, yeah, no. she gave me, like, like ten bucks. So and I was oh, like, wow. thank you. You know, I, I had no idea. I, yeah. And I it was our it was our cross-the-street neighbor and my grandfather. He goes, he goes, hey, did she pay you? I said, yeah, she gave me $10. He goes, I'll be right back. So <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. he well, came back with, like, $35. And he's yeah, like, yeah, so he, go. he, he yes. told me later, he, he was like, you know, you work hard. You need to make sure that you get paid for what you're worth. And that stuck with yeah. me, too. Like, it's not just, you know, I'm, I'm not... I'm not somebody else's servant for nothing, I mean, I am when it comes to, you know, serving and, and serving others and loving others, but there's also, you know, a worker should get paid for his, for his work, and you know, he should have value, and that teaches value, and I like St. Joseph the Worker, like, oh my gosh, I, I can't tell you how much I relate to St. Joseph the Worker, you know, mm-hmm. um, and I, I love that work ethic, and it teaches, you know, how we can support our families, and I just, I love that whole dynamic.
4: Well, now, do you find that teens getting into the workforce, I agree with you, you learn about life so much quicker uh, the earlier you can get into the workforce as a teen. And I'm not saying a full-time job, but, you know, uh, even five, six hours on a weekend, on on a Friday and a Saturday maybe, that doesn't infringe on your social life. Can be good, and you can you can learn a lot because I'm I'm reading For sure. where teens are having anxiety issues. Nine out of ten have social anxiety issues in the workforce today,
8: especially with the Gen Zers. Hmm. Well, yeah, and here's the here's the problem. There's no eye to eye. There's no face to face. You don't even apply for a job in person anymore. Like you go online, you fill, you have download an app, you apply online, and if you don't have the right keywords in there, uh, they're not, you're not even going to get called for an interview. So I would always tell my girls like, you know, go in person, see if you can talk to the manager, and like they they well, they would, and that's when they would get hired. Yeah, you know, and, right. and it's amazing. Like they they that. fill out application after application. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, I haven't heard anything. I haven't heard anything. I'm like, look, here's my suggestion. Do what you want to do, but here's what I would do. Go go face to face and say hey because chances are it's an older manager right it's somebody probably that's that's in charge right now it's the generation gap they'll appreciate that and and yes eye to eye face to face being knowing how to how to talk to people that is a dynamic that is being lost that we need to make sure that our kids know so i agree with you damien even a couple hours here and there it's just being able to find those jobs that are willing to work with a flexible schedule because everybody wants to work Friday and Saturday night, right. you know, or Saturday during the day and have Saturday <laughs> mm-hmm. night off. So, and it's, you know, it's almost an impossibility to get those. It's the ones that want you to work, you know, Wednesday or Thursday, and now you've got a test and you're not studying for it. Right. So I don't think it should infringe upon your school. Right. But I do, I do agree with you. There's, there's ways to work. Even start your own, you know, go cut grass on the weekend or, right. or cut weeds or, you know, pull, pull weeds out of a garden. Like, do something to help. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, make flyers and hand them out around the neighborhood. There's all different kinds of ways. Dog walking, you know, or, or babysitting or pet sitting. Those are, those are also jobs that require commitment, discipline, and, and perseverance. So those, yes, are, those are good lessons to learn.
3: Alan, this is David. I can tell you one of my first jobs. Well, my first job was at Baskin Robbins. I learned more about people, cool. just because I dealt with people all day long. You mm-hmm. know, these strangers over the counter. Mm-hmm. That uh, and and it was fascinating. So I learned a whole lot about yeah. that. Well,
5: good. Yes. Plus it was an awesome How old job.
3: Were you? I was fifteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was fifteen. And you know what? My boss was a genius. You know what he said? All right, guys, all the ice cream you want. Enjoy yourself. That lasted for two days. What? I didn't yeah. want another bite after no. that. He was, <laughs> no. right. But but no. It's it's just have got to be careful with that. You know, But coming into contact uh-huh. with people all the time like that, I think mm-hmm. that is good for kids yeah. to, yeah, to I do. Mm-hmm. My gosh, all the ice cream you want, I'd still have a chair pulled up. To
6: the, to I, the I, food. <laughs> Especially the <laughs> and fired me,
4: I'm going to tell you that right now, man. I'd have tried everything more than once <laughs> and wouldn't you. have left. No, I'm oh telling you, gosh. Gosh. to this day, I can what? give or
3: take ice cream. So, yeah. you know. my
4: uh, <laughs> Really? My f- oh, my gosh. My first job, I was 14. I, my dad got me the job because he was good friends with Mr. Mr. Oliver Patton, uh, who has Patton's Caterers, his sons now run the business. One of the biggest catering companies in New Orleans. They're located in Slidell, and that's what I—I was a waiter at weddings. Wow! So Friday and Saturday nights, I'd put on the bow tie, white shirt, black pants, and and you serve people too. You know, dealt yes. with people, oh yes. yeah, yes. and uh, yeah, you know, you, yeah, you, you, too. you get to learn yeah. a, a lot yeah. about life, and <laughs> but you had to deal with the stuff in the back kitchen and everything else. So oh, yeah. you got uh, to learn to deal really with right. jerks. Yeah. Make, My make, first
8: make, official make. one, yes. I think. I, I washed dishes and uh, and I was not treated well. Honestly, like I would sure. work and you know they would close at nine and I would be there till eleven thirty, like <laughs> cleaning up the restaurant, and yep. I wouldn't only get paid until nine. And yep. so I, was, I realized that was happening, and I was like, nope, that's that's got to stop. <laughs> and, so cool. I talked to the manager and yeah, but you know, stand up for yourself. Good life right.
4: lessons,
5: though. Well, yes. Yes.
4: hopefully somebody learned something. Uh, at least a parent uh, or a teen. Uh, Work with your teen. That's the key thing. And let them find something that they'll enjoy doing along the way. Alan Migliorato, AdventureCatholic.com. That's where you can go to get all the details about your teens. More coming up on Wake Up.
1: 48 past the hour, you are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Damian Clotto and David Dawson. Our next guest is Elizabeth Pham. Elizabeth is an is the author of her new children's book, The World Waits. Good morning, Elizabeth. Thank you for being with us today. Hi, thank you. It's good to have you with us, and believe it or not, we're diving into the season of Advent just a tad bit early, and later this week we will also be talking about Christmas. So fear not, we're just getting some things in early. I know it seems to be coming earlier and earlier this year, and authors just can't wait to tell us a little bit more about their books and CDs. So this one, Elizabeth, is about Advent. Can you tell us a little bit more about this beautiful children's book?
0: Yeah, so, it's it's about the world and kind of all of humanity, and how um, Advent is a time to both remember the weight that humanity went through, um, but also the weight that we are still going through, um, and how Advent kind of encompasses all of that. So that's what I was trying to capture with the book. Um, just it's Advent is a big. Concept with a lot of different feelings, and um, I wanted to kind of portray what all of us feel and what all of humanity has felt as we wait mm-hmm. for God.
1: I think this is a beautiful book to show our children that this ta- that time of year is not about just the gifts underneath the tree. Or although as a child, it's very exciting to see that and to think one day I'll open it, you know. Uh, but the real reason of why we are celebrating Advent and, and Christmas. Right. What was your uh, inspiration behind uh, writing this book? Um, so actually, I was. It was 2020,
0: I think, Advent 2020, um, and you know there had been so much turmoil in the world that year. And I had, um, I guess at the time, my oldest was about seven, um, so I had a lot of little ones, and I just realized first of all that there weren't many uh, Advent picture books. And there were a lot of beautiful Christmas picture books, and I love to read, I love to set out a lot of seasonal picture books for my children, and I like them to be beautiful, and um, I felt like there was never anything for Advent. Um, (laughs) So I just kind of had that in the back of my mind that I'd love to one day write a beautiful Advent book, picture book specifically for those younger children, but of course for older children and parents too, because... Mm -hmm. A good picture book, we should all enjoy it, but especially the little ones. Um, So 2020, and it was actually, uh, I didn't think about writing it as a children's book. It actually, I think we were on our way to Mass or something, and um, just kind of, it came to me more as like a poem. Just as I was, I think we were maybe explaining to our children more about Advent, and I was thinking how it's interesting that you go into Christmas and you're so joyful that Christmas is happening, but then there's still so much sadness in the world um, and Mm. confusion and darkness. And how do you reconcile that to yourself and to children that Jesus came, but then he left, apparently, you know, and where is he now? And Mm. how are we still waiting? And how do you Mm -hmm. kind of reconcile all of that? So it kind of started just as a poem as I was reflecting on that, talking to my children about, you know, the light came into the world, but there's still darkness in the world. and so what does that look like for us? Mm-hmm.
4: Elizabeth, that is exactly where I was going with my question. This is Damien. Did you have real life experiences like this in order to write the book? It sounds like that you incorporated that as you were just sharing stories with your children, and then you started putting it on paper, and as you said, a poem, but turned into a book is that what happened
0: yeah so that I feel like that happens a lot whenever I feel like I want to write something that's often inspired by just talking to my children and um, uh, just realizing um, well first of all there's that thing in the back of my mind of just I'd like to make an advent book and and I'd like to create beautiful books for children in general but Um, More, it's just the conversations that inspire different questions um, and myself Mm -hmm. that the children may have or that I have as I'm talking to the children. Um, But I think a lot of it is, you know, when our children ask certain questions, especially about God um, and our faith, sometimes we have the answers and then sometimes the answer is just, you know, it's kind of a mystery, but the mystery is a beautiful thing and I think that's part of it too is, um, I think Mm -hmm. we have a lot of books and things that um, teach children the answers, but I think it's also good to have books and stories that show them, look, this is the mystery, and it's a beautiful thing, and Mm -hmm. we can contemplate it and um, grow in deeper appreciation for it.
4: Yeah, and illustrations are key with children's books, and Jen Olson is the illustrator, and they're just Mm -hmm. breathtaking.
0: Yes. Yeah, she did a great job. Yeah, we um uh, had, Elizabeth go ahead. go ahead. No, just ahead, um, when I when I thought about it I had this idea of this earth and I wanted the I wanted to show what all of humanity felt through the earth's expressions and then also kind of go through the timeline of human history of um you know like Noah's ark time and like all these different times and what the what humanity experienced uh, but also of course what we kind of experienced in our daily lives um, but yeah I just I'm not an artist so I thought I, <laughs> I don't know how to get this down and she did a great job at taking that I, that sort of vision and really putting it
1: into something great she really did Elizabeth Fam, Catholic author of the children's book the world waits Elizabeth where can our listeners pick up their copy
0: Um, So the best thing would be to go to Sophia's website.
1: Um, You can buy it there.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, Great. Yeah.
1: And we also have a lot of local Catholic bookstores that you can go and support in our listening area to support them in your local community. Thank you so much, Elizabeth, for being with us today. Yeah, thank you. All right, let's talk about a few events coming up. The next distribution of theology will be taking place on Wednesday, September 20th, that's this Wednesday, beginning at 6 p.m. with a talk at 7. This month's speaker will be retired Bishop Robert Munch. You can go to ccmedia.live for more information. And guys, our seventh annual Catholic Man Night is coming up, and our reservations are over halfway sold out. Dave, Damien, this is a wonderful event for men to gather together.
3: What's amazing is it's happening in November, but it's already halfway sold Mm -hmm. out, which, I mean, it just shows you that uh, what a wonderful event it has been. And so I know the guys that have gone before and they're talking to other guys who's like yeah i want to yeah. check that out it's too. going to continue so, to grow yes, year in
4: yes. and year out and mike fulmer is our guest speaker yeah. and he is dynamic and and also a business owner so he'll share his personal story uh his conversion story as well plus we'll have plenty of food oh, chef john Foles. Food. never holds back for oh, this yes. event uh, so if you want more information you can go to ccmedia.live look for the registration tab and get your tickets now you might want to get them now <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. yeah because tables are going full right uh, fast i should say mm-hmm. We, we only have a capacity of about 200, Right. so uh, we're over 100 uh, men coming, yep. so uh, it's yes. It's going to be a big event, probably get sold out in the next three to four weeks, to exactly. say the least. I,
3: I, at that rate, it's going, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So.
4: All right. Yes. Well, it's already come to an end as far as Monday on Wake Up, <laughs> so we'll wrap up with a prayer to St. Joseph, but not St. Joseph of Cupertino. This is the St. Joseph. Joseph. Amen. All right. In the name of the Father, Son, <laughs> Holy Spirit, Amen. <laughs> O Saint Joseph, do assist me by your powerful intercession and obtain for me from your divine Son all spiritual blessings through Jesus Christ our Lord, so that having experienced here below your heavenly power, I may offer my thanksgiving and homage to the most loving of fathers, amen. In the name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen.
1: Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll catch you back here tomorrow at 7 a.m. Central Time. Have a wonderful Monday. God bless.
0: Wake
2: Up is a production of Catholic Community Media.